0: Please leave a message
1: after the tone. Um, I don't know if I can really define reconciliation, but what I can say is that to me, there's something in reconciliation of like where we cross the boundaries that we're used to and learn to see Christ in one another and learn to celebrate the gift that God has put in each other. And so uh, I'm not perfect at it, but uh, reconciliation to me is when we learn to see the gift of one another. Reconciliation. What does this mean to you? This is the Journey with Care podcast, where we navigate honest conversations about faith, culture, and loving our neighbours. I am the host, Melvina Gabosh, and I am an Indigenous lover of Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of Journey with Care with Melvina Gabosh. I would just like to welcome in the studio with us, Peter Tigular. Um He's joining us from? Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton, Ontario. We are excited to have him on the show. And I'm just going to let you introduce yourself a bit.
0: Um, I am a musician, a minstrel, a friend of people in the kingdom. And that's across all kinds of racial lines and uh, different beliefs. And here in... Um, in Winnipeg as part of the the podcast launch that you guys are doing. I'm I'm looking forward to performing some of my songs there. And I like uh, the idea of Mm -hmm. pilgrimage, which I feel like I'm on here in the city of Winnipeg. It's as much coming here to visit people as it is to see the land, feel the land, just be here for an extended period. So, I've done that in numbers of cities, and I'm really happy to be in Winnipeg right now.
1: We're excited to have you come and share some music with us and your musical talent. The other day, I was the first time I met you, I was able to take in one of your one of your songs, and it was very beautiful. I enjoyed your voice. I enjoyed your your rhythm, and I just enjoyed the the song in general. So I guess I'll start by asking, So in Hamilton, what do you do?
0: I'm a retired business owner. I had a business I ran for multiple decades. I don't even want to count. Um, And that business was in, it was called Urban Green. And I had a business uh, installing plants in offices, mostly commercial workspaces. And in the later years, we got into installing living walls, bringing live plants into mostly commercial environments. And then we had a care service going around looking after them. And that was kind of a sneaky way for me just to get into the police station and the Catholic Children's Aid and the newspaper and a bunch of libraries in the city just to, just to kind of walk the land, as it were. So, And through all that, I've been a songwriter and a musician, and now I'm retired from that business and I'm giving more um, time and focus to writing songs, meeting people, just trying to be open to where the kingdom is coming and where the kingdom
1: is going. Awesome. I like the way that you, you say the kingdom because <laughs> mm-hmm. we, are, we are the kingdom. This is the kingdom and we serve the kingdom. I like that. One of the questions I do ask all my guests on the podcast is what does reconciliation mean to you?
0: I would say that reconciliation has a lot to do with truth, the truth and reconciliation um, piece of it, that we need to be truthful with each other. We need to be truthful about our past together. Where in places where reconciliation is required. I also think of the word friendship, of nurturing friendship, where there hasn't been friends. In fact, there's often been animosity. It's been more of an enemy sort of thing, or if not enemy, at least um, friction between people groups. And I guess I, I I come at that word friendship as a Christian, as a believer, and one of the foundational things I think that Jesus said to us is, "I no longer call you servants; I call you friends." And that, to me, is a is ascending to to go be friends with others. So reconciliation for me, those, those those would be two things. And in any good friendship, you have truth, you have truth telling, you have um, honesty with each other. And that's how friendship is nurtured. And without that, I think reconciliation can just be a bunch of staging and and virtual signaling and things like that, that I want to avoid myself.
1: I really enjoyed your answer. You know, asking this question, I get a different response every time, Mm -hmm. but I honor that that answer that, you know, that reconciliation is truth because we do have to be honest in the things that Um, have taken place, you know, where we are right now Mm -hmm. and how we can move forward. Mm -hmm. Without truth, I don't believe that we can move forward in reconciliation. And I also do believe that reconciliation is what you said. It's a relationship. It's with friendship. It's with connection and honest connection, honest um, communication. And yeah, so being a friend, what is that, right? It's Mm -hmm. being truthful and being honest with your friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So you write music. So how long have you been doing music? I think of a Paul Simon song that's called
0: Loves Me Like a Rock, where he says, I was born one dark and morn with music coming in my ears. I'm the 10th of 11 children. I was born into a very musical family. It was probably, I was probably noticing it in the womb already. I came into the world just wanting to sing. And then growing up in the 60s, as I did the Beatles and Bob Dylan and Paul Simon, and all this, this music that was there. Uh, it just drew me. I thought, I thought, I can't not do that. Sing, I, I remember my grade one teacher putting on my report card, has an excellent singing voice. And I, I took that to the bank as a grade one kid. I thought, aha, there's something affirming something that I already love to do. So by the time I was a teenager, I was learning the gu- guitar and I took piano lessons. But I love to sing, something about singing, the use of your voice to declare, to proclaim, to bless, to encourage. Voice is a big deal to me.
1: Would you say that, you know, in your music, in singing, it's a part of your story? That's how you release some of your story? It certainly is, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's what I, that's what me and Wendy actually were talking about the other day, how music can be a musician's story. Mm -hmm. You know, because the podcast, um, Journey with Care, it's about stories. It's about bringing people to the table, around the table, um, to tell their story. And so, I think, music can be definitely an avenue of telling your story. Um, How is music and songwriting a part of reconciliation?
0: I think there's something that can be done in a collective and collaborative sort of way that has a whole vibe of encouragement about it when we're in the room together, when we're in a circle together. And it's what I've loved about Indigenous music is there's, there's something very collaborative and community focused about it in the drum circles and the singing together. It's releasing something into the air that isn't just uh, another sermon or another um, bunch of verbiage. There's something in the music itself that is from the Spirit and that um, changes the atmosphere. I really believe that. I, I always love doing that. Some some of what I've been doing here in Winnipeg, uh, I was working with a worship team. The whole thing of encouraging people and drawing their voices out drawing their their love and their spirit out music is the most wonderful vehicle that i know of it's partly cuz i love it so much but i've seen it um i see it so much in how people love to go to concerts people love to you know, in, in a worship setting I like staying here with this family i've been staying with and the role of music i've seen in some of what they've been sharing in the mennonite tradition just the the singing together is is really kind of a supernatural experience so There's all kinds of things about music. I really see it as a gift, and um, I'm thankful to be a purveyor of music.
1: At this time, I would actually invite you to sing a song. Okay. I'm I'm sure the audience would love to hear you sing a song before we go further with the the interview.
0: This is a song that I call Harmony Storm. And um, I would say it's influenced by my admiration for the the spirit and the passion that I've seen in indigenous music. And I can hear in the background a drum, just a steady 4-4 four, four drum sort of thing. But I, I like to play rhythmically, so I'll try to capture that. So this is called Harmony Storm.
2: Harmony Storm is brewing, still moving over the deep. We're walking back through the ruins of the promises we never could keep. This could be the undoing of the lie that only some of us count. Harmony storms still brewing from the river to the temple. Harmony Storm expanding, picking up the feeble pulse Coming in for a landing, to clear away all that's false To renew our understanding, and restore the light to our eyes. And Harmony Storm's commanding, the river is on the rise Yeah, the river's on the rise The cool of the evening in the garden We still keep running too high, So that we don't see these other kind of unions Are only deepening the human divide So that we don't see the interconnections In the life-giving temple design And that the fount of every blessing Is the sap flowing through the vine Yeah, the vine of the holy wine Harmony Storm displacing The divisions that are keeping us blind Every cup that we've been tasting Is overtaken by the kingdom wine Every fear that we've been facing Perfect love is casting out Harmony Storm outpacing The deluge from the dragon's mouth Harmony Storm embracing East, west, north, and south Harmony storm is brewing Still moving over the deep As we're clearing away the ruins we're wakened from a poison sleep. This could be the undoing of the accuser's abusive account. Harmony storms still brewing from the river to the Temple Mount. Ah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. That was a beautiful song. <laughs> that was awesome, and I'm sure our audience and our listeners enjoyed that very much. Thank you. So did you write that song? I wrote that song. You wrote that song. So as long as you've been singing, how many songs do you think you've written? Oh, hundreds probably.
0: Yeah? Yeah. I've made five records, and I've got three backlog records from the pandemic, and, and tough things I'm going through in my family right now that have kept me in a place where I'm going in to record. Just, just it's not the season. So, But uh, it's been a season of creativity and birthing, so I got a ton more where that came from.
1: Yeah, God God works in seasons, eh? I mean, he sure does. So He has to put you in a place of preparation, mm-hmm. of labor, of the birth pains, right?
0: Yeah, and gestation and carrying, and, and it's, it's a season for sure.
1: To be able to, to birth out something awesome. That was a beautiful song. Thank you for sharing that. So um, what brought you to your faith?
0: I grew up in a Christian home, but I was always running away from it in many ways. It felt like, look, I was talking earlier about reconciliation and truth-telling. There was always something that just didn't smell right to me about the church. Even as a kid, I had this hunch that there was hypocrisy, there was this sort of performance going on in attending church. So I, as a teenager, I left the church and Came back maybe 10 years later, but I've had a kind of on-again, off-again relationship with the church. But I discovered at a certain point that, the, that my faith is a lot more than the church. The church is an important part of, the, of my faith. Belonging, community, the church itself, it is his new creation by water and the blood. It's a line from an old hymn. That's so much to be belonging to Jesus is belonging to his people. But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that I got hunted down by the Hound of Heaven, who just loved me, and I, I came to know Jesus in a real way that that just trans- was transformative to me, and I couldn't say no anymore. Couldn't, and I couldn't run anymore.
1: You could not run anymore. He does that, eh? He does that. He's good at that. Yeah, he's good at that. He's good at you know finding you where you are. You know, once you once you give your life to him, there's no no escaping. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you can run and you can run, but there's no hiding from him.
0: And you don't want to go back. You start to see all the other stuff you tried, it just comes up empty all the time. And there's something like, um, like he, Jesus said to the woman at the well, like out of the depths you're being, he will give you this living water. Once you start drinking that, all the other stuff, the the alcohol, the pot, all the stuff that you know that was. You just a part won't of, do it no more. It just yeah. does not work. In fact, it's just not. It's, it doesn't match. It's no match. So you don't. You don't want to go
1: back. Anymore. Once you've tasted and oh, yeah. seen, eh, the yeah. goodness of God.
0: Taste and see that the <laughs> Lord is good. <laughs>
1: amen. You you had mentioned that there was things in the church that you saw that made you you know move backwards or you know go go away from the church. What were some of those things?
0: Um. I would say uh, this continues to be a problem. There's there's a there's something of the hypocrisy that that, I guess a paradigm I use in my life for my own life as well is is something I've learned from Thomas Merton, who's a Catholic uh, theologian, and it's it's picked up by a lot of different writers, Richard Rohr, and others. The the whole idea of a true self and a false self that we that we each battle with these these two voices or these two personas going on and. I know for myself the false self, especially as a performer, there's something you're wanting to present to people, you're wanting to come across a certain way. But that is often at odds with what's called the true self, and that's the child of God that's being nurtured and cared and loved for, uh, loved over and loved, loved by God. And as that relates to the church, there's just, like the line in that song, I, I, I just said, harmony storm uh, is coming in to clear away all that's false. And, and that's in our own lives, but it's also corporately too. So when there's there's stuff that's false in in the, about the way we're going about um, being church, there's there's enough of that that. Um, but before I go, you know, pointing the finger at others, I have to see it in myself. There's a lot of falseness in myself, and so that's one thing. And I, I guess in relation to to what you're about, Melvina, and in trying to the work of reconciliation and truth, I think the church has done so much damage. Um, in in the relationships between us as as indigenous and settlers or colonizers, whatever the, the name is given, and and the church in many circles continues to just turn a blind eye to that, and, and that is not truth telling. That is not that is not justice flowing like an ever living stream. And but the church is stepping up in some circles, and and um, I, I I like to be part of the, those voices, those joining in and recognizing the damage that's there, but then continuing or moving in the direction of, of reconciliation and friendship, the things I talked about earlier. And the, to the degree that the church is, is is not doing that and turning a blind eye to it, um, that makes me feel not so at home in the church.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. You know, like, So I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, My grandparents were ministers of the gospel. They were my grandmother was one of the first indigenous preachers in our community, and and she was on fire and she was bold and she preached the word of God and she preached when women weren't supposed to be preaching and you know she shared her (laughs) her. yeah she shared the word of God so she paved the way for you know a lot of the indigenous um, women ministers. But one of the things that kept me from the church, I was raised in church, and I I went away from it for a bit. One of the things was because there was this false representation of what Christ was, or what we were supposed to be in Him. So any little thing of failure, any little thing of you know sin or our mistake or whatnot, it was almost like a condemnation, you know, that the church gave because it was this false representation of having to be perfect. But that's not that's not Christ. He takes us, He says, come as you are, come as you are. And as we walk in relationship with Him and we get to know Him and we get to understand His characteristics and who He is, and, you know, that's when He forms us into the likeness of Him, right? And that's when we start to change, when things of our natural starts to die off. But I guess the church, for me, and that's why I I resonate with what you said, I felt that a lot, like this this falseness, this kind of like mask. People were wearing a mask, and I didn't know what mask I was supposed to put on, right? right? And so I didn't, you know, when I I failed or I fell short of something or I felt short of the glory of God, I felt judgment or I felt condemnation. Mm And that's not of that's not of him. That's not of God. No, Romans says there
0: is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But a lot of times you feel like, well, there is condemnation for those who are in the church, you know. <laughs> and then, hey, wait, yeah. what's wrong with this picture, you know? So, I thank you for what you shared. I mean, our stories kind of resonate together on that level.
1: And I don't, I don't even think that it's just you know me and you are you know the next person, but I think a lot of people feel this way, you know. But God. I feel like in this season, in this time, He's calling people to be real. He's calling people to be honest. He's calling people to to take off the mask. Right. You know, um, in 2 Corinthians, He says that it's okay to be weak. It's okay. We're, he's telling the church that it's—Paul's telling the church it's okay to be weak. Because when you're weak, God is made strong. Mm-hmm. You know, He's giving us that, that okay. He's giving us that thing that, like, it is okay for us to have failures. It's okay for us to be weak. It's okay for us to fall. It's okay, because when we fall, He comes in, and He's made strong, and He raises us up, you know?
0: That's so good. I heard a great message just yesterday at the church where I was leading worship. It was out of Nehemiah on that same point. They were in real weakness, like all the stones are burned and lying on the ground, and, and they're getting all this, this negative talk from Tobiah and Sam Ballett, um, these these two criticizers. And so they were there in a in a p- a position of weakness, but that's where God met them. And that's how the wall that started to get rebuilt. They recognize their weakness and they recognize their need for each other. Like whenever you are in trouble at one area, sound the trumpet. We'll be there. Yes. So um and and, and that's that's a a, a a sort of weakness too. Like yikes, I need help. I need my brothers and sisters. And we I, do. We sure do. And, yeah. and across these lines too are our our racial differences, I think there's something God wants to forge that that he's saying that in this season, in these days, that we need each other. He wants to command the blessing on us when we dwell in unity, like it says in Psalm 133. And that's, we ain't seen nothing yet. In we terms, haven't. In terms of what God wants to pour on us when we reach out in friendship and truth and reconciliation.
1: Yeah, he's called all of us as a nation. Mm-hmm. You know, he's called each and every nation together to come together to just live in Him and breathe in Him, right? So we need every person from every nation at the table. Yeah. you know?
0: Can I say something? I just, what I love about Indigenous people and all about God, who this is His plan. When you look at Canada and you look at the relative um, few number, population-wise, of Indigenous people, I'm not sure what the number is. It's a couple million maybe? I don't even know what, what the number is. But God has ordained that there's Mi'kmaq and Haida Gwaii in Ojibwe and Cree, and they're sprinkled in this kind of divine way, coast to coast, north to south. They are everywhere. And I think that is God, and I I want to know these people. <laughs> I want I want to know you know how, why did God and his his providence put them where they are, and what can I learn from them? So I'm getting a little weepy just thinking about it and looking in your face and saying I want to be friends. I want to I want to run with this and. And let's run the race together and let's, let's go for it.
1: I think it's time. I think yeah. it's time that we we do come together collaboratively mm-hmm. and just do the work of the kingdom. Amen. You know, do the work of the kingdom. Because we're like, I was sitting around a table a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about pastors and we are talking about leaders. And my husband's grandfather was one of the first Indigenous pastors in Winnipeg 35 years ago. He, he started that church. Awesome. You know, and I'm one of them. And my auntie and my uncles and and my grandparents, you know, all preached at his church. You know, like we all came out of there, out of that ministry. And so I'm sitting around this table and we're we're talking to uh, the non-Indigenous people and, and the, they have their churches here that have been here for a long time. But they did not know about my grandfather. They didn't know about, you know, a, a man of God that was respected and honored in the Indigenous community mm-hmm. in in church, right? And that just broke my heart. That broke my heart that... Um, there's this big population of indigenous Christians that don't know their neighbor to the left or yeah. to the right, right? And I feel like God is is setting something up for that to change.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it grow more and more. And I love that this uh, this podcast and the work that you and Wendy are doing. I just bless it, and I think it's awesome.
1: I think the heart of of the podcast is is just bringing those voices together, you know, and opening you know, doors are welcoming someone at the table, have a seat, you know, sit with me. You know, for so long, the enemy has tried to keep us separate. Mm-hmm. For so long, the enemy tried to come in and cause division and cause hurt and cause pain with, you know, residential schools and the things that happen, mm-hmm. you know, coming in the name of Christ when we know that that wasn't God. Mm-hmm. We know that th- that wasn't the love of our Savior. I know that as an Indigenous believer, mm-hmm. I know that that wasn't the love of the God that I know, the Father that I know and i just want my my indigenous people to know that as well because he is love and he is peace and he is kindness and he is healing he is all those good things and that's the heart that i have is just that my indigenous friends my brothers and sisters would know the true love of christ mm-hmm. what is something you'd like to encourage the church with
0: joy one word joy we we need the joy of the lord and there's there's things we can le- be learning from our um, indigenous brothers and sisters about the you know their love for the Creator, the love for the creation and the land, the joy of restoration and recovery, all the things that come out of emerging out of brokenness. So that's one thing, and I, I think that has to be a real joy. It can't—it's it can't, got to be the joy of the Lord that's our strength. It can't be a fabricated joy, a mask joy. It can't we've we we're done with the masks, and even the you know the feel good type type of worship stuff that uh, don't get me on that soapbox but uh, <laughs> i i think i think that's a, the church needs a genuine joy and and some of that's connected with suffering a big part of it who learned joy from the things he suffered that was jesus himself who for the joy set before him so that that's one thing and and that's tied to truth you know i i i want the church to be true to its calling but then true to each other uh, there, there's, there's too much virtue signaling around this stuff, you know, around all manner of issues, but in particular about know indigenous
1: relationships. It's it, it could do with some more truth-telling. Um, what do you think the role of the church is in helping children and families in hard places?
0: Um, well, give them Jesus. Let the children come to me. Yes, amen. Of such is the kingdom of heaven, and we've, we, we've driven children away we, in, in the church, in particular in Canada two words pop into my mind, longing and belonging. We all long to belong in some way, and if the church can do the work of creating a place of belonging and acceptance, that'll go a long way in this reconciliation process.
1: Historically, the church has got into a lot of trouble, especially with their role in residential schools, the Mm -hmm. Sixty Scoop, etc. Do you think Christians should still care for children and families, or have we been canceled?
0: we should absolutely st- still care cancel well that's a word i know from you know the the online world absolutely not you know that cancel is the absolute opposite of let the children come to me whether it's little children or adult children of god you know bring them in bring them all in is a song i sing by another songwriter and it's about inclusion and and belonging the, the whole thing it's not only I've been t- was talking to an indigenous le- uh, leader recently from my area it's as, as well as the 60s scoop and residential schools there was Indian day schools that he was a victim of that and, and and shared some things i didn't even know about and i should know about them and i want to be friends and, and and walk with him in, in some of that and i think the church the church needs to be a forum for for truth telling and and belonging and and welcome so We've got a long way to go.
1: We do have a long way to go. You
0: guys are on it. You go, girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just trying to pave the way, you know, continue to walk it out, you know, loving our neighbors and loving our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a safe place for honest conversations. Are there questions you have as a white Christian for your indigenous brothers and sisters that you would like to ask?
0: I would like to, um, well, as a musician, I, I want in the circle, if you will, I'd like to, I'd like to collaborate, you know, like, and so the question is, will you have me after all we've done? Would can we jam, you know, can, so that's, that's kind of a um, a question of longing and belonging. And, um, you know, can we walk together in, in different ways? And, and of course, will you forgive us? Will, you know, can we, can, we move past the hurt, not by ignoring it, by, but by walking together. And also, I, there's, there's a lot that I'm fascinated. I, I, I'm a hiker. I've walked the whole Bruce Trail in, in Ontario. And there, there's something about Indigenous uh, sensibility. It's not so much, I was going to say Indigenous culture. I think it's just a natural, innate sense of loving the land and a sense of loving the, having a connection with the Creator through the land so a question would be: Could you teach me more about that?
1: Hmm. You know, our my indigenous people they have such a connection to the land. You know, a connection like spiritually. You know, to the land, and and I always admired that. You know, in in our in our community, like in in indigenous world, there's there's two sides. There's the traditional, and then there's the Christian. And so, typically, I fell in the Christian side of being an indigenous person. So we didn't really communicate much with the traditional side and then and vice versa right but for the last couple of years God is taking me on a, on a journey of my identity and who I was created to be and that it's not shameful or it's not um, taboo or it's not a sin to be who God has created me mm-hmm. to be because he, he doesn't make mistakes no. you know he created me to be a, a strong indigenous woman he that's who I am. And he created you to be who you are. And for so long, I was in some, in some ways, I was taught that it was wrong to to have any connection into my indigenous culture and whatnot. But in in the last couple of years, God has been showing me that it's not. Like that is that's my that's my right, you know, that is my culture. And it's beautiful. But he's been showing me that there's a difference in you know, who I am as a child of God. And not to put anything above that, mm-hmm. but not to be ashamed of who He created me to be. Mm. You know, I think in a lot of cultures, it's either you're a Christian and you're nothing else, you know, which that's not real and that's not honest because God doesn't make mistakes mm. and He created us all nations. And yeah, so I've, I've been really learning how to embrace um, my traditional you know background my culture and, and the beauty of it the beauty mm-hmm. of the culture the beauty beauty of the art the beauty of the music the beauty of of just being an indigenous person mm-hmm. and it's okay it's okay to be an indigenous person and it's okay to be a woman of god it's
0: more than okay it's the true self i was referring to that god made you that way that's the 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 fingerprint of that particular child of god in in, in terms of your being indigenous And I would say there's there's divisions everywhere, but I've noticed this in Ontario too. There's division between uh, Indigenous people in the church and people who are outside the church, and there's a downright animosity that can come across. They won't talk to each other, and that doesn't bless God's heart. I I would love to see more of that, and to the degree that we can be agents of 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 that reconciliation, like two Corinthians five, I think, talks about. I'd love to see more of that in you know. Everywhere, but that's one area. There, there is that kind of division. We've, I've seen it in Ontario, yeah. So,
1: well, I would love to invite you in, as I did, to sing some songs for us and to be on the podcast. I think that you know, healthy collaborations are needed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a mutual, you know, respect, a mutual honesty, um, you know, trust needs to be built. Right. And I believe that you know, taking a, a step forward in reconciliation is just to. You know, be honest and invite everybody to the table and allow that trust to be built. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have to take a step forward, a step in faith, right? Mm -hmm. We have to take a step in faith. Yes, there's been hurt. Yes, there's been pain. Yes, there's been trauma. Yes, there's been things that have been done to our people. But we've also done things too, you know, and and for us to come truly with this, with humility, with humility, both sides, all sides, you know, all nations coming together with humility and, and being able to say, yes, we have done something wrong. And, you know, how do we move forward? And yes,
0: there as well as all those things in the past, yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, we are going to have misunderstandings. Yes, from our part, we're going to be still stereotyping and and misunderstanding. and, And we have biases to clear out. But say, just to the, that trust comes from saying, we're in this together, let's move. In relationship. Or, in relationship. Yep, in that tru- friendship. Yep, that, yes, that trust Jesus comes Jesus says, you're that. not friends, servants anymore, you're friends. Let's do the friends thing. You know, this is, is a big deal to me.
1: Um, so with Care Impact, how long have you known Wendy? Not very long. Not very long. Um, a
0: mutual friend here from Winnipeg through our 24-7 prayer circles said this friend of hers was coming to Hamilton and was looking for a place to stay. And now my world's upside down because Wendy <laughs> came to stay with, for six nights with me in Hamilton.
1: Yeah, my world my world's upside down too because I met it. I met Wendy. Yeah, we had a blast,
0: <laughs> and it was like to me it was some of that just splashing around in the pool kind of joy, you know. And I thought that this is kingdom, and it's also facing difficult things like in her her situation with the the care, you know, family services and the care care system, if you will. And, her immersion in that world, and just just seeing how she's going for it. But there's a lot of joy and determination that I'm inspired by our mutual friend. So I'm, I'm glad to get to know her, and I'm thankful for her. She, the Care Impact, is who brought me out here. So
1: I'm very grateful for that, to be here in your beautiful city. <laughs> so what things have you enjoyed in our city so far?
0: I've enjoyed... Um, it's largely people so far i i've been doing a bit of touristy things but it's more i feel like i'm on a pilgrimage and and so you know staying staying in wendy's parents home and meeting them and um just meeting meeting people and collaborating with a worship team yesterday that and just the worship just kind of left the ground that was fun and i there there's a I, there's a deep sense of history here that and the rivers, the, you know, this whole thing of leaning into the land, listening to the land. I every time that I I get a lump in the throat seeing the river, hmm. and and that's just well, it's part of God's creation, but there's it, there's history in that. And yeah, I have a, a better part of a week left here, and looking forward to the concert and going out to visit some friends. There's mutual friends I've had here in town, so.
1: That's awesome.
0: I was at the forks yesterday. I can't wait to go to the Museum of Um Human Rights. Yeah. I have a friend that, that has as part of the exhibit to do with the Armenian genocide there. And I'm just I just I want to go there. That,
1: there's so much to see. There's I, so much to see there. And,
0: and and the the fact that it's rooted here in your city is says something to me about your city that it was picked for here. So I'm I'm getting excited about going to see that.
1: Where some I wear some comfortable shoes. Lots of walking. Lots of walking. (laughs) Lots of things to see, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, The way they set it up, it's great. A couple of my last questions for you. Sure. What gets you up in the morning? Um, The Psalter.
0: I'm a Benedictine oblate, and sometimes I don't feel like getting up, but I think, okay, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and open my Psalter and chant through the Psalms for that day. So that's the Word of God, and it's music. It's singing every day, having an instrument in my hands every day and and people i have a wife got a church community and friends back in hamilton that i connect with so the kingdom gets me up
1: and what keeps you up at night
0: uh, brokenness in my family i have three children and one i haven't seen in two and a half years i've brokenness from my family of origin that seems irreconcilable that's dragging on that gives me a very unpleasant insomnia, and I wish I could just leave it behind. And sometimes it's sometimes it's God keeping me awake, at night. it's not all this negative insomnia. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, child, let's talk. You know? Yeah. And I'll just lie there and I can't sleep, and and just know that I'm held and loved. So that keeps me up at night. And that, but that's good. I'll I'll take that over the other one.
1: Yeah, he does. He he does it when we need it. He'll wake yeah. us up in the middle of the night, or he'll keep us up. He does that with me all the time. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping just peacefully and waking up, you know, four thirty, five 5 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, why, God, why? <laughs> okay. I just want to sleep. But there's always a purpose to it. There's always a reason to it. Well, Peter, it was awesome to have you on Journey With Care. Um, I had a great time with you for this hour sitting with you. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the launch. I'm excited for the concert. I'm excited to hear you play some more music. Yeah. But would you lead us out in another song? Sure. Awesome.
0: La 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 la, la, la,
2: la. The life I'm listening for I find in you my Lord Your gospel of peace is covering my feet What's been stolen is now being restored It cannot be denied In you I'm satisfied For you will never leave Or forsake your own Never once have you left my side My peace is being restored Staying in with you, my Lord My Lord Feel the momentum build Through every day that is filled With staying in the moment The whole day through Staying in long enough to be still Long enough to be shown The mercy round your throne We see you've never once turned away a contrite heart. Now we're knowing as we have been known. The peace we're praying in, it comes from staying in. peace has been restored Staying in with you my Lord My sweet Lord
1: to the Journey with Care podcast, where paths connect over real life stories and honest conversations. We hope you continue to join us on this journey of faith, reconciliation, and loving our neighbor. Be sure to like, follow, and share. Special thanks to host Melvina Gabosch, ARC podcast engineer Johan Heinrichs, and donors who help make this show possible. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church across Canada to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. Learn how Care Impact is transforming the way churches engage with child welfare with our Care Portal technology and academy training. To support this podcast or to learn more about us, go to careimpact.ca or click the link in the show notes. We're so glad you are part of this journey with us as we journey with care, even in the messy. Until next time.